Missy D. Missy D. She's so talented, you know. Mm -hmm. I've been trying to, to to record this podcast over the last 48 hours, probably 27 times now, and it's just not happening. I keep recording, deleting, recording, deleting, and I don't know why. Uh, yesterday, I know why, because yesterday I was tired, okay? Today, it's been mental. It's, it's like every man and their dog won a social event. Like my mum was on the phone all morning, then I was on the phone and then the neighbours came and then we were chatting outside for over an hour and then I've been upstairs trying to get this podcast done <laughs> and everything I keep saying is just not working. And if you can hear, like, let, let, me, let me be silent for a second. I don't know if you can pick that up on mic, but there's a very, very low hum in the background is drilling and it's because some bloke outside is drilling outside our house and I don't know why. And to be honest with you, if I don't record it now, like the podcast, I don't think I'll ever get it done. Because to be honest with you, doing a podcast ain't just about sitting here chatting shit for an hour and it's all done. No, once it's recorded, it has to be edited. I have a bad habit of umming and ahhing. And to be honest with you, I used to take the piss out of presenters that used to do a lot of errs and ahs and oohs because that for me didn't make a competent presenter. And when I get, I guess when I used to present on a daily basis, I made a conscious effort not to do the ums and ahs. And finally, I'd clocked it and I was almost a zero um and a, um and a ara. An um and a ah comes in between when you haven't got nothing to say or you're thinking on the spot. And I guess when I do these podcasts, a lot of them, all of them, okay, all of them are on the spot. They are not pre-produced. They are not scripted at all. And half the time I don't, in, don't even have like a subject matter. So I even I've been trying to record these uh, podcasts since yesterday, even with subject matters. I'm like, yeah, OK, right. I'll talk about this. It, it's still not happening. And I only I think I only like my podcasts that are really good when they're just kind of reel out out of my brain out of my heart out of my mouth naturally and it just flows perfectly and on take 29 this is now let's hope that happens <laughs> how are you it's um a pleasure to be with you once again i'd like to again thank you so much uh, for all of your love and support and all the people that listen my god i was at two concerts back to back the weekend before Right. And that was a new chili to Birmingham. On the Saturday, we went to the Gupal Sharma show 
don't even ask. It was rubbish. It was just so badly organised. The host got booed after actual star of the show. He didn't turn up uh, until nine o'clock on stage when people were sat down at 7.30. It was ridiculous. And it was just wasn't a great show. I'm sorry. I know a lot of people listening to this might say, oh, well, I thought the Gubble Show my show was great. I didn't. Sorry. And that's my opinion. It was just badly organised. And it just it was just a waste of my time, really. Um, I didn't laugh once. It was supposed to be a, a comedy show and he spent an hour singing. I mean, I know you've got a great voice couple and I know you can sing. Then be a singer. Say this is the Kapil Sharma singing show. Don't say it's the Kapil, Kapil Sharma comedy show when you did only about, what, well, um, you came on at nine. You pissed off around 10. Then you came back about 10.30. So you did an hour of comedy. An hour of comedy in two and a half hours. That's ridiculous, honestly. So I went home really, really, really pissed off at Couple of Shurim on Saturdays. But Sunday was my baby Adnan Sami's concert. And I was so looking forward to it. And I was praying to God that he wouldn't come late on stage. And he didn't. And he was absolutely amazing. I was five rows from the front of the stage in Block B. And I had the time of my life. Every single song was amazing. I've got to say it was a good concert. It could have been better only because I'm highly critical of myself and other things and other people and situations. I just think he didn't sing all the songs that he could have sang. His audience interaction was great. He did spend a lot of time playing tabla in the air like he was buying time for some reason. So I don't think he actually explored singing his songs enough. I don't know why. But all in all, I was absolutely blown away by the concert and I came home buzzing. The reason I did come home buzzing is because at the beginning of the show, the host came out within 15 minutes, by the way, Tommy Sandu. He's a very well-known radio presenter and also a comedian. I've never really seen him in action or heard him on the radio and stuff, but I've heard he's a great presenter and he blew the audience away with his presentation skills compared to the host on the day before some presenter from some London radio station. She got booed off the stage. Believe it or not, she was so bad, so bad. Knowing that the, you know, the main star of the show hadn't turned up, didn't even apologise to people or calm them down or anything. But he, on a different level on Sunday, got in there and he was like, yeah, blah, blah, blue, 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 and got everyone really livened up. And then he was looking for audience participation. And he's like, right, who can sing? Me like an idiot, dumbass, put my hand up thinking, well, you know, I sing to heal my lungs. But, you know, I do that on camera with the songs with me. So it kind of makes me sound even better. It's like, yeah, I can. But then I put my hand down. Then my sister and her sister-in-law were like, no, 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 pick her, pick her, pick her. Picked me. Oh, my God. First person he picked as like, uh, what's your name? I was like, Missy. Think, hoping he'd think, oh, I know this Missy. He didn't. <laughs> And he was like, no pressure, Missy. Like, you're the first warm-up act on the Adnan Sami concert. What are you going to sing? So I sang Bigi Bigi Rato Me really badly, really badly. <laughs> but for some reason, I was compelled to tell the audience that I sing to heal my lungs and I've got a, a lung disease. And uh, if you want to see, it's on my it's on my social media, Instagram and Facebook pages. And um, I mean, I had so much fun just going up there. And singing afterwards, even days and days after, I was like, boy, I could have sang much better. Boy, I could have sang that song instead. Why did I sing that song? Why didn't I sing the other song? I could have sang. There you go. There's my my always notification that you get <laughs> in the middle of your podcast. <laughs> it could happen at any time, but it always happens in the middle of your podcast. So, yeah, um, I got I got picked. But do you know what? The reason I'm telling you this is 
is A, because I was buzzing. B, I felt like after over a decade, I'd gone on stage in front of a massive audience, which I used to do so much before when I was in the height of Missy D. And to me then, it was like second nature. In the nicest of ways, it didn't phase me. I didn't get nervous. I didn't think, right, there's like a probably, what, 5,000 people here. What's going to happen? Nothing, because I would just be in Missy mode. I'd know how to psych myself up and get up there and perform and, and damn good perform. This time, even... <laughs> When he grabbed my hand and took me to the front of the stage, I was like, oh, my shit is going down my leg. What do I do? My is coming out, man. And I was like, OK, look, I'm, I'm really I, I was in his ear going, look, Tommy, I'm just joking. I actually can't sing. I was just joking. Why don't you go and pick someone else? And uh, he's like, no, it's too late now. And I'm like, oh, wahiguru, wahiguru. So I did the whole singing thing and I really lost the plot with the singing because it just wasn't good at all. But. When I said I've got a lung disease and I sing to heal my lungs, I got a big cheer from the audience and sang my bit and then got a really nice clap, which was really, really nice. The reason I'm telling you this is because the response after. Once the concert had finished, <laughs> there was a lovely lady with a walking stick and the, and her sister's like tapping me on the shoulder. She goes, excuse me, excuse me. She goes, my sister's been trying to find you all evening. She's running behind me. She doesn't want to lose you. I was like... Oh, OK. And it goes, hi, what can I do for you? And I just thought it was another Missy D fan. I'll go to the Missy D fan bit in just a bit. <laughs> Not just another Missy D fan. I didn't mean it like that. You know, a fan of Missy D. And she was like, you're the one that sang and you, I want you to know about your lung disease. And I was like, yeah, yeah, telling her all about a lung disease. And she goes, my friend, she's got a lung disease as well. And I goes, well, tell her to sing because it really does help. And honestly, I do really feel, you know, when you sing it, basically... It expands the your lungs and your uh, lung capacity and it brings more oxygen into your lungs and it expands your rib cage as well. So you're constantly exercising your lungs to to um, and also when you're singing, you're um, putting more what's well, not putting you're not putting are you driving more blood towards your lungs, which flushes out all the bad toxins and it circulates more oxygen through your lungs and carbon dioxide out. There is a scientific reason behind it. And there are actual singing groups for lung disease patients. Not many of them at all, but there are some in hospitals and stuff like that. And people have just started setting them up. But there's nothing at all for Bollywood singing at all. Punjabi singing, Bollywood singing, Asian, South Asian diaspora, as they call it, patrons, nothing like that. And I want to set up that myself. See, even my text messages are going off now. I've got an appointment on Monday at two o'clock. Oh, yeah, that's the gyne. <laughs> Just switch it off, really, shouldn't I? So she, I, I goes, what can I do for you? And she goes, look, don't get scared. She goes, my name is whatever her name was. I've got a card. And she goes, I'm a Hindu funeral director. <laughs> and I thought, oh, shit. She, she, she wants to give me advice on when I die. <laughs> She goes, but that's not the reason I want to talk to you. My son is a musician and he, I think she said he plays keyboards and stuff like that and talked about someone else being a musician. I don't know if she said she sang as well. Um, she goes, basically in Loughborough, they have a jamming session every month, once a month. And musicians, semi-pro musicians, professional musicians, singers uh, who are professionals, non-professionals and beginners all come together and they have a jamming session. 
And she goes, I want you to come to that because that will be amazing for you. Will you please come? And I was like, of course I will come. So uh, I'm now going to go to a jamming session. I think she said August, September, October. I think she said the next one's 1st of October, but I will be in contact with her. OK. <laughs> and then as I um sorry, if I come back again after my singing during the break of Adnan Sami, Someone who I was just chatting to randomly in the corridor. I was like, I know you. You go to all the Navin Kundra concerts. This is a guy. I think his name said his name was Nitesh. And uh, I goes, every time I go, I'm not that I've been loads to, uh, to Navin concerts. I've been twice. But I recognize his face. He's very unique looking, a little bit like me. And you, you, once you see him, you will always, always recognize him. And I'm very good with faces. I don't do names. I'm really shit with names. Really shit. But if once I've seen your face... I will always remember it. And even if I don't remember your name, I'll remember your face. And it's a bit like if I go to places, I will always remember. And I also kind of remember routes. So if I've, got, if I've gone somewhere, I'll always remember the route again. And I'll remember the route back. Random information for you, I know. So this Nitesh guy, I was like, you're the, the fan that buys tickets for all of the Navin concerts. He's like, yeah, yeah, that's me. And he's a VIP Navin Kundra man. So basically Navin has a Navin, uh, a Navin VIP club. And if you be become a VIP member, you get front seat at all the concerts and all sorts of other perks and businesses, right? So imagine, so say Navin Kundra just did a whole tour, didn't he? A 90s tour. And he did, he toured it many, many cities, say, I don't know, 10 cities, 12 cities, 14 cities, whatever they are. This guy, he will go to every single concert of Navin's, all 14 of them. No joke. That's how much he passionately loves Navin Kundra. So anyway... Uh, in the break, he came looking for me and he's like, uh, can I add you onto Facebook? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, can I have your WhatsApp? Can we connect on WhatsApp? I'm like, of course you can. Uh, so uh, that was really beautiful to connect with him. And then this connected with this other woman. Then I'm walking to my car and another woman walking right up to me going, you're the one that sang. You're the one with the lung disease. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and she went, I'm a respiratory nurse. And can I say how brave you were? to have gone up there to do that and your oxygen wasn't even on <laughs> and she goes you are a massive inspiration I was like god bless you man I didn't do to inspire anyone and I don't know what actually made me say that that I had the lung disease and I sing to heal my lungs but I guess I was making an excuse up <laughs> to, t to tell the audience don't 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 crucify me if my singing don't come out good because I'm, I'm only doing this to, to heal my lungs and I don't even know what made me do that because the Ritu that I know would never have, Ritu would never sing. In fact, Missy would never sing either. Missy's not a singer. I, I always was embarrassed of my singing because I can't sing in tune. I can't sing. It has improved. It really has massively improved with all the practicing that I'm doing and just singing along with songs. But I'm not going to be like, the, you know, like a Navin Kundra or something like that maybe I could and I'd love to be able to sing professionally not for any reason of going on stages and singing but just for my personal development I guess and you know in this lifetime die knowing that I can sing fantastically um, in Hindi, Urdu and Punjabi so that's something that I really as aspire to do I don't know why I never was into singing before but I really do find I love it when I do sing so anyway she was like carry on with the singing that's absolutely amazing and she said you know she goes you don't have to take my advice she goes it, it really does sometimes she works a lot with copd patients and i haven't got CP copd copd mostly majority is because of smoking mm. and uh, she goes it shocks me like 
people like yourself with lung diseases some of my patients work on really low oxygen levels but they they're absolutely strong and fine and I, I ask them how are you kind of going on because your oxygen levels are only at 62 and they're going I'm fine I'm fine I'm like yeah I'm exactly the same my oxygen levels have fallen down to 42 <laughs> 52 sometimes when I get my infections in my lungs and uh, I'm just like yeah I'm fine I'm just soldiering through and so she was like, it really, really inspires me when you people like yourself just keep pushing through life. And she advised me that keep breathing. She said, keep doing your deep, deep, deep breathing. It really is good to expand your lungs, to uh, bring lots more oxygen into your lungs. Um, she said all that, you know, the Om Valorms and the Gabal Bharthis and all that kind of uh, deep breathing exercises. Do it every single day. Uh, she advises mindfulness like meditation. Meditation is really, really good. And she also said yoga is really, really good. Now, I've always said to myself, <laughs> I'm going to do this, but I'm a lazy cow. I really am. But really, I'm not. I'm not. I get tired. I still do. I have much less chronic fatigue and much less brain fog that I did a year ago. Just over a year ago. Yeah, I used to have a lot of brain fog, a lot of chronic fatigue. And as I am now on my healing journey, things are better. But I haven't got rid of that shit yet. But yeah, so I think the point I'm trying to make is with my healing journey and you know when I get on my soapbox here on the podcast and I say things to you like you know be the change be the change that you want to be be kind be kindness be love be human you are God God is within you and the only thing that God really your God wants you to do is be kind to other humans give to other humans from your heart don't bitch about people stop your negative chatter and just be positive in your mind okay and if you if you're that kind of beautiful positive person inside you are only going to attract beautiful positive people on the outside if you are going to be negative and and um you know what's the word you're going to be negative you're going to be um uh, i can't think of the word man there's more words than negative but if you're just going to be angry anxious always blaming people, always kind of uh, finding uh, an excuse or blaming other people for your life and always digging yourself into a deep hole and always being irritated and just don't, are never, never happy because you're allowing yourself to get to this irritation stage and not just irritating yourself, irritating those people around you, then that's the only thing that you're going to attract into your life. Negative iron attracts a negative iron and a positive attracts a positive truly seriously so and as you know i have been harping on about my tribe and my tribe is growing nicely i'm attracting a whole set of beautiful people in my life but before prior to me going inside the auditorium let me tell you this right this shocked me and i know you you probably think missy come on man you're you're chatting shit i know you you've got to understand that you know that you're a famous person i don't know i i hands up in the air i don't think i'm a famous anybody i don't see myself as a celebrity i know i had a job where i was in the public eye and i know i'm that public entity i've never gone out thinking yeah yeah i'm missy d in it <laughs> and walk around with this arrogance i don't and i'm just <laughs> I guess in my world, I probably am Ritu with the Missy cover. So Ritu with the Missy hat, perhaps, maybe, because Ritu is still there, but I just don't know 
who the authentic Ritu is. Who is Ritu? That is where I am at the moment. And I'm still trying to find her. And we'll go back to authentic Ritu in just a minute. But before I walked into the auditorium, so we'd got there around 6.30. In fact, we got the 6.15 early. We had to queue outside to get in. <laughs> uh, we'd, I'd been there the day before. And there was a lovely uh, lady, I think her name was Beverly. And she was, as soon as I walked in, she goes, I love your glasses. You know, those ones, the big uh, ones with the whole studs on them and the like sunglasses. They're my very focal glasses. Everyone loves those glasses. Straight away, start a conversation up with her. And um, she was like, I love your glasses. And then the other guy, he was really, really nice. Then the woman yes, on the Saturday was really, really nice. The staff at Utilita, absolutely brilliant. Okay, so I walk in and Beverly's there again. I was like, I'm back. <laughs> Uh, and I was having a laugh and every single staff as I walked in, are you all right? Do you want a chair? Do you want this? Are you OK? Do you want me to take you to the toilet? Do you want me to grab your arm? And I'm like, You're, you guys are amazing, honestly. So much love just coming from the staff of the arena. Then I've gone to get chart because my mum my was hungry. So I got some chart, £10 extortionate chart. It was so overpriced. It was nice, but who wants a chart for 10 quid? But I guess you, Londoners, they're used to that kind of price, you know? I guess £10 don't even get you a bag of chips in London. And I was like, that's London prices, man. But I guess when you go to these kind of places, they are extortionately priced. Although the wine wasn't so bad, it was £6. You know, those little mini bottles you get in the aeroplanes. So I was like, £6. But still being, you know, in my mind, I was like, six quid. Could have got a whole flipping bottle from Tesco's. <laughs> but they check your bags, you see. And uh, you can't take any drinks and food into there. I always take it to the cinema. I take, I take my own gin and tonic, take my own popcorn and everything to the cinemas. They, you're allowed, actually. Well, you're not allowed the alcohol, but, you know, I do do that. And they don't check my bag or anything like that. Now I know next time I go, they probably will check check my bag. But it was really nice, right? So I went at the chart stand and uh, this uh, girl comes up. Missy! I was like, hi. I didn't know who she was. And uh, she goes, I'm Pammy, Pammy. And I know there's a Pammy RK on my Facebook and she regularly chats to me. And I was like, Pammy RK. And she was like, yeah, yeah, that's me. I'm your big fan. And I can't believe you're, I'm, I'm talking to you here at the chart stand. She was so lovely. And afterwards, she messaged me and she was like, um, uh, I wish I'd taken a photo with you. I was like, oh, next time. And then I came downstairs to get my wristband. This other girl starts having a conversation with me, like a long conversation. There's my husband. How are you? Blah, blah, blah. Blur, blur. And uh, after she finished the conversation, my mum's sister and her sister-in-law was uh, standing there to get in their wristbands and stuff, right? And uh, they were like, who was she? I was like, I haven't got a the foggiest clue and then i turn around again and there's this other woman going missy 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 i walk in and my my cousin gindu and her sister benji was there and i'm telling you there's so many missy d fans it was absolutely crazy and um the reason i'm telling you this is because recently i have been kind of working on my manifestations and my dream life so I'm working on this new modality here where I'm writing what I want in my life and being back in radio is one thing that I am trying to manifest and not radio on a full time basis or making a career of it. I've already had my career in radio, you know, it's like someone when they're in their, you know, 50s, 60s saying, do you want a baby? You're like, no, 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 don't want a baby, but maybe I can foster and help children that need a home, something like that. So, <laughs> uh, I would love to go back in radio, but probably one, two shows a week, maybe just one show a week, a couple of appearances on some radio shows or some TV shows, guest uh, shows. I don't know, something like that. So 
for the first time in many, many years going out in public, I had not received that kind of Missy D love that I've told you about on my podcasts. I've told you the whole stories about me getting chased down the Oxford Street and getting uh, spotted in the restaurants and people telling me my conversations the next day. And that was back in 2003, 4, 5, something like that. So to have to gone to a place that wasn't my normal fan base area because my normal fan base is in London, right? Because it was in, all in Greater London. You'd come to Coventry and Birmingham. And even in those days when Missy D was like known on every street corner, not many people in Coventry or Birmingham kind of knew of me because they have their own regional radio uh, stations here, like Radio XL, Subrush Radio, Blah Dee Blue Dee Blah, a BBC Asian network, which is kind of targeted towards the Midlands and stuff. So I wasn't that known then. Only actually afterwards, I did find out that I had a big fan base here. But having not been on radio for such a long time, it was as if I just walked into a Missy D zone of Missy, 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 Missy. Oh, my God. Take your picture. Take your autograph. I was like, hey, what's going on here? Even my family like, hey. <laughs> but I guess, you know, again, it goes back to I just wanted to kind of make the point to you. Like when I do get on my soapbox about the positive affirmations, the manifestations that I'm always talking about, the positive thinking and making your life what you want it to be. I don't do it all the time and I actually get really frustrated that I don't give myself enough time to do the affirmations, to do the gratitude, to do the meditations, to work on the magic because you can work magic into your life. Everyone's got the power. But what I really blew me away from coming back from that night, sitting on my bed at 1.30 a.m., completely buzzing, not buzzing because I was drinking, buzzing because I was like, wow, what just happened there? I had just been on stage. I was um, completely comfortable, bad singing, but that's OK. But it was like I'd gone back to being Missy D on stage and there was my audience. I'd been spotted everywhere. People are asking for like pictures and autographs. Afterwards, umpteenth amount of people inbox me. I saw you. I saw you. Not even inbox, even on the Facebook. I saw you. I saw you. Even Bobby Friction's going, I saw you. And I was like, oh, do you know who I am? They're like, do you not know who you are, Missy? Do you know how famous you are? Did the presenter know who you were? Because you're more famous than him. I'm like, really? <laughs> so, yeah. Do you see my issues with trying to be famous? Being famous isn't the most important thing to me. The most important thing to me is making changes in my life and in people's life and having a positive effect on people's lives. So it meant more to me when people were patting me on the back all evening after I'd got up in the break that, wow, you're that the woman that sang first. Uh, can I just say how brave you are? And they didn't even know the full story. It was just kind of like, all I said was, I have a chronic lung disease and I sing to heal my lungs. I don't know what made me say that. I guess I do. It was just like, it was kind of like a disclaimer. <laughs> like if I sing a shit, just like know that I've got a disease. <laughs> uh, but it was a night that I will take with me for the rest of my life. But I actually felt that I was getting signs from the universe, from consciousness going, this is what you are manifesting, Missy. This is what you want, right? You want to go back on stage. You want to be in that limelight because you fucking loved it. You loved it that all these people came up to you and they still remembered you. And your family were blown away by that as well, that 
Jesus Christ, man. Missy D is still alive. So the point I'm trying to make is this. Because my my mindset is changing all the time. And I'm not saying I've got the best mindset. I'm not saying I sit here and I'm flowery and beautiful and everything's positive and I, I, oh, my mindset is so cool. It's not. I have a lot of negative thoughts. I still have a lot of, oh, my life is shit. Oh, I am still ill. Okay, I've made progress, but, and I'm still ill. I've made progress, but I still pant. I made progress, but I'm still on oxygen. I always have the but. I've always got a negative but. That is the bit that I need to nip in the bud. But I do know I'm making progress in my attitude in life. Um, I'm making progress in recognising in myself when I uh, have to instantly stop and recognise the fact that this is happening and then change it and make it better. But I also know that the, my positive mindset attracted all that positivity that happened on Sunday at the Ardnan Sami concert, there's no way in hell that I would have kind of gone on stage, sang a song, never in a million years. Ritu doesn't sing in front of millions of people. Missy doesn't sing. She doesn't. And then when I talked to my new shrink, who I haven't got a name for, by the way, when I told her the next day, I was knackered, buzzing though. And she goes, who was it that went on stage? I was like, I don't know. And then after a long, long, long conversation, can I say she's amazing, by the way? <laughs> a long conversation we kind of agreed that that was probably the authentic Ritu it wasn't Missy because Missy I was nervous Missy don't get nervous right and then Missy would not have said I've got this lung disease because Missy would perform as a professional performer and not tell her audience about her personal life do you know what I'm saying so I've become more authentic and open but maybe that is the Ritu that's coming out it's so confusing I know so I'm still working on the finding Ritu and it's not going to happen overnight but I'm enjoying working with the the new ninja is she a ninja she's not a ninja I don't know what to call her by the way breaking news on the friend with benefits I went back to it after the last podcast and I said listen love we've got issues here I don't know what to call you <laughs> I'm trying not to talk about you. I don't. I really, truly do. Uh, but it just it just naturally comes out. Uh, but I do really have to stop talking about her, I guess. Because <laughs> I'm still not sure whether she likes the fact that I talk about her on the podcast. But you know me, whatever comes into my comes into my heart, comes out of my mouth. And sometimes I think, shit, should I have said that? I mean, there are, there are, I've got to be honest with you, sometimes there's a whole chunk that I will edit out because I'm thinking, well, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> But um, yeah, I went back to her and I was like, and she went, friends with benefits? Are you crazy? What are people going to think about me? Blah, 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 blah. What do you mean friends with benefits? What are people going to think? I was like, calm your ass down. <laughs> I meant like you're a friend and the benefit of you being my friend is that you're a shrink and that's my benefit. And she went, oh, okay. <laughs> so she went, can't you just call me your friend? And I'm like, no, I can't just call you my friend because now I have more than one friend. <laughs> because <laughs> she must have been like her you got more friends now <laughs> but I have I keep telling you my tribe is growing so I can refer to all of them as friends but she's obviously my special shrinky friend shrink friend uh, who saved saved my life and brought me out of the darkness and kept me propped up and still does the other week actually I was like 
Hello, hello, hello. Where are you? Can you tell I'm missing you? <laughs> just like, just a bit. <laughs> we've had a fir- I think we've had a first kind of grating of one another. Yeah, man. And I'll tell you why in a bit. And it's nothing to do with her. It was all to do with me. But anyway, I'll tell you that bit in a second. So this new one that I'm working with, who thinks the authentic Ritu uh, went on stage, she's she was sent to me via Shrinky Friend. And by the way, Shrinky Friend has approved shrink, Shrinky Friend. So let's just remember that Shrinky Friend is the one that pulled me out of the darkness. Yeah. OK. And uh, yeah, I'm, that's all I'm going to say. I was going to say something else, but I'm not. And then she was recommend this one from Punjab recommended from her. Although she's not got Punjabi accent. She's got dimples, yeah. I got one dimple. She's got two dimples, which makes me very jealous because I want two dimples. <laughs> and is a very, 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 very kind soul. Lovely. And Shrinky Friend always says that this one's got an old soul, which she has. She's a much younger version of Shrinky. <laughs> uh, she's only 20 something. I don't even know what her age is. Was her, it was her birthday recently. And I didn't even get to do a Pinksy song for her because I was just so busy doing this, that and the other, which is really bad of me. I probably might do a belated song. Let's see. So, yeah, I need a, f- I need a name for her. I'll find one. But at the moment, let's just call her Punjab Shrink. The Punjabi Shrink. <laughs> uh, she's one of the posh ones as well. So but if you know the dialect of Punjabi, um, I'm more kind of street compared to her. She's from Ludhiana. And in Ludhiana, when they say, how are you? They'll say, and it's very stylish and very prim and proper. And <laughs> in my world, if I said, how are you in Punjabi? It'd be like, Tuskidna. Tuskidna. <laughs> and it's like, pa, pa, pa. So uh, Ludhiana people are quite posh when it comes to their, <laughs> see, I think I like that. My Punjabi shrink. Punjabi power shrink. Punjabi power. Just Punjabi power. Let's call it the Punjabi power. Because she gives me the power in Punjabi. Not that she speaks in Punjabi. She talks in like her accent. Yeah. Actually, she just hasn't, she hasn't even got one of those strong yeah, 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 yeah. She hasn't. She's kind of kind of got a normal English voice, I think. Not so like Londonish, like Shrinky Friend. Shrinky Friend is Essex girl. Actually, she's not. She's an East London massive girl. Uh, Brick Lane girl. <laughs> and uh, now... Essex, Punjab shrink, very different to shrinky, but apparently that's a protege. Let's let, well, I haven't got to that far, that point yet where I think, oh my God, she's her. I haven't got to that point because for me, they're very different people. The way Punjab shrink is working with me, I haven't had that kind of work uh, done with myself via any of the the practitioners or shrinks i call them shrinks they're not really shrinks they're practitioners are they shrinks i'm not quite sure psychotherapists maybe but yeah the the way that she works with me has been amazing she's very gentle which surprises me because when i first had my consultation with her she did say is it okay if, if i get quite rough with you tough with you and i will there will be points where i might get really strict i was like yeah yeah do what you want but she's so lovely and gentle and she is um very forthcoming very kind of just nice and i leave going she wasn't really rough with me but maybe she's like one of those you know the one those people the quiet ones are the worst ones maybe she's gonna sneak up on me by session six she'll that piranha will come out going 
Right, Miss A. <laughs> At the moment, though, she's being very gentle with me, very forthcoming. And I leave the session going, oh, my God, that was amazing. <laughs> where, where where shrinky friend can sometimes be a bit like, you know, those gifts that you get on WhatsApp. And the one, one is when if you put slapping someone, slap, 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 left, right, left, right, left, right, left, right. Sometimes a bit, that's a bit shrinky friend, but in the nicest of ways. And that's what I expect from shrink, shrinky friend because she's a bit more street. Yeah, she's a bit more uh, kind of rough street, but gentle. Like, yeah, this one, Punjab, Punjab Massive is like nice, like a lotus flower. And I haven't seen the rough side yet, but I'm sure that is coming out. So, yeah, as you can see, I'm enjoying the new therapy. And talking about therapy, I'm actually working also with a body confidence coach. Her name is Mina Gamadi. And I met Mina Gamadi at the uh, T-Rose trunk shoot. As soon as I even saw her face, I was like, this one, <laughs> in the nicest of ways. I just went like, got to watch out for you. She had one of those like cheeky, cheeky, chappy kind of smiles. And you knew, twinkle in her eye and started up a conversation as soon as I got out of the car. And in my head, I was like, yeah, she's going to be a, a, a nice one. And yeah, she was absolutely lovely. As were all the women, as you heard, T-Rose trunk podcast that I did <laughs> and I knew for some reason I might be doing some coaching with her I don't know it was in my head and same with her she was like right Missy I'm gonna do some coaching with you so she's a body confidence coach and I had a consultation with her last week and uh, I was like right Mina listen first let me just tell you I went to the darkness uh, in March because I was having therapy with five therapists every day of the week and it got the better of me and it was just too much and I'm doing therapy at the moment um, with this Punjab shrink and then I've got um, a shrinky mate that I talk to on a regular basis as well so I don't really want to get into any more therapy and she's like no therapy involved she goes thank god I, I don't want to get into therapy with you that's not what I do I'm a body confidence coach so um, she, <laughs> uh, the woman had me in stitches. So basically, she's she's all about showing you that you can love yourself and every part, an inch of your body. Yeah. And at the moment, she's got me doing stuff like checking out my face in a mirror for ten seconds because her her spin on on it is any. Anybody can make an opinion of anyone within seven seconds of seeing them, just not even them speaking, just looking at them. So she goes, I'm going to give you 10 seconds. And in 10 seconds every day, I want you to look at the mirror and look at your face, every part of your face and just uh, just observe it. I'm like, OK, so I do that every single day. And uh, gosh, when you look at your face, you're like, bloody hell, man. <laughs> what a face. <laughs> I'm also writing how I would like the ideal Ritu to be because she calls me Ritu. And <laughs> and <laughs> it gets worse, I know. And so she basically, I've been pre-warned that we're going to get onto the stages of looking at yourself in a mirror naked, that kind of thing, exploring your body and that kind of thing. And she says that, you know, why do m many women feel ashamed of exploring their bodies and and kind of shying away from their bodies and sexuality and sensuality and intimacy when guys do it all day long and, and they have no shame about it. They just carry on. So uh, she basically, her job is for 
her to have you as a client and once you've left her like you're going to be like a superpower you uh, are going to love every inch of your body you are going to go want to go out there and do everything with pure confidence without guilt without shame because it is your godforsaken right to do that yeah because a lot of us have been conditioned especially especially asians that doing all sorts of things are wrong you know like going back to the days of watching bollywood films and kissing scenes just even in the 80s when they wouldn't even kiss and they just kind of turned around and pretending they were kissing even that somebody would quickly go forward forward on the on the on the vcr and um, make sure that the kissing scene wasn't seen by everyone because it was like you know it was as big as them shagging each other on tv and and even now sitting down even now i'm, I'm 53 mum's like 79 and you watch stuff like i don't know what what did we watch the other day was lust stories 2 gora on on on, on netflix I don't know if you've seen it they they are kind of hardcore like but real like they're kind of like mom's like this is vulgar it's disgusting i can't watch this with you girls <laughs> and but who made it uncomfortable why is it uncomfortable right there are people doing their intimacy having their sex shagging each other whatever and it is just normal things that normal people do that this god person has sent us down for to enjoy um why have we been given our own bits because it's part of 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 sensuality and you know you got the whole kind of um what's it called the karma sutra thing i mean it's a thing right it's, it's there and it's created and it's supposed to be explored and appreciated but no we are all told it is wrong you cannot watch this stuff with your parents or your kids you cannot talk about it uh you need to not wear low low v-neck tops in front of the uncle so he can't see your breasts uh, you know you can't wear really short shorts when your uncle or your family are around it's absolutely fucking ridiculous so her job and and her desire in life is to change the world by embracing their bodies by having no shame about their bodies and exploring every single part of it and be proud of it <laughs> but along the way it gets really embarrassing because she's like asked me to do all sorts of stuff <laughs> and i get, got back to her and i was like oh. so i did this and i did this and she's like oh my god that's absolutely amazing missy i was like no it's not it's so fucking embarrassing <laughs> she's like no it's not embarrassing it's it's there for you to do you know what is your problem and the problem is i've been badly conditioned so I'll keep reporting back on how it's going with Mina Gamadi. I am going to get her on, but it's the same old story with me until I can find a way. I mean, I might even just do some Zoom interviews because then you can watch them. I'm, I think the thought pattern I'm going through at the moment is I will do Zoom recordings because that way I can easily get the person on video. And we can do the interviews how I would do on audio. But what I'm not going to do is then um bring it back to audio so you can listen to it on the spotify's and the apple podcasts and stuff so i might have to do an offset podcast it's just really confusing isn't it because podcasts are supposed to be in my world audio and if it was a video or interview it would be a vodcast but maybe i think i might start start adding those on and possibly the only thing with that is I've got a website that is actually powered by the people that I do the podcast with, Podbean, which may mean I'll have to, I've got the URL, 
but I might have to then rejig my website in order to add in the podcast audio and the podcast video. Or I might just actually put the video casts on YouTube. It's all a headache, isn't it? But yeah, I mean, there's quite a few people now lined up to bring on on the podcast. There's Mina Gamari. There's Madhu. So Madhu, who's T Rose Trunk Saris. She's just not T Rose Trunk Saris. She's all about baby loss and about grief and all that kind of stuff. So I want to get her on. I need to get um, Shrinky May on, but I don't know if she's going to come on. Maybe, maybe not. She's a, um, a question mark because I would love to have her on. But I'll have to see if she would want to be a guest. There's another woman who had a divorce party that she is going to come on. Uh, that <laughs> I said to my sister, sister-in-law, uh, I want to get you on Ranj because her laugh is absolutely mental. And she is an inspiration as well. She doesn't even know it. Uh, but I call her the warrior wife. And you will find out more about her if she plans to come on. So there are loads and loads of people that I think I could get on Zoom which I think is going to be the easiest way to do this, I think. I just don't want it to do to time consume my life because I've got to get on with my healing. Do you know what I mean? Talking about healing, my cousin Ram today, this morning, actually just sent me this video and he goes, you have to watch this. It will change your life. And it was a video by Dr. Mohit Gupta uh, from in- Unleashing Your Inner Potential. And he was doing a TED talk and just going back to attracting the positive and the negative, I truly am, I feel blessed that I can now recognise that when I'm being positive, things in my life shift to positive and I can recognise when I am being negative in my mind and in my body and in my heart and in my soul, then shift, shift, why do you keep saying that? Things shift to negative and I recognise that too. So I'm so thankful that and I'm now at a, a, a juncture in my life that I can at least recognise that, you know, Ritu or Missy, whoever you are, reel it in or sort it out or be proud of yourself. So like last week, right? Last week, I was like wowed with myself because I was going through a lot of, how do you put it? Irritation, irritation due to a certain situation, okay? And the more I kept thinking about this situation, it really started affecting me and my environment and my mindset. So I then started taking that irritation out on my mother. I was taking that irritation out on myself and I was winding myself up and everyone around me was irritating the shit out of me. And then I sat No, actually, I didn't say then. Then after two, three days of this irritation on the third day, I actually got slightly irritated with Shrinky Friend. And that for me was like, what the fuck is this? Why the hell am I getting irritated with Shrinky Friend uh, when she's done nothing wrong? And I recognised the fact that I was taking my irritation out on her because I felt like I could. But then I was so proud of myself that I had recognised the fact that I'd got irritated with her. I got irritated with my mother. I got irritated even with Shane, my my um, nephew. I mean, I spent a few hours going, just don't want to talk to you because he was being a bit like off with me. But I was being more off with him because I was taking out the irritation of something that was really hardcore playing on my mind. So I then had to sit 
I had to tap. I had to meditate. I had to tell myself, do you know what? Well done for recognizing the fact that you're irritated. Well done for recognizing the fact that you've got irritated at all these people for no reason. You know, your mother, your nephew and a shrinky friend. And, you know, well done for actually turning it around. So then my mindset, I was like, I've got to change this. So I started being less irritated, more kind of kinder and sending love and kindness to them. And things turned around within 24 hours. So the power of the mind is absolutely mind blowing how your mind tries to control you. And if you let your mind control you, then it's game over. But you've got to be able to find ways and tools and directions on how to control your mind. And I feel so thankful and blessed that I'm now at a point in my life, a juncture in my life where I can do that. Going back to this uh, TED talk by Dr. Mohit Gupta. Thanks, Ram, for sending that to me, by the way. He started it off by telling us that I think 2003 he had this big growth on his brain out of nowhere. And he's a doctor, by the way. And they operated on him. He was on loads of medicines and stuff like that. Uh, they basically got rid of it from the operation. And then many years later, it all came back and there was another growth uh, on his brain. Now, the second time, obviously, not obviously, he didn't. He didn't get an operation done on the actual growth. And he was talking about the power of the mind, the power of being positive and basically Every single day, he said for an hour every day between 3 a.m. to 4 a.m., he would sit up and he would be positive about his body and his mind and his soul and tell his body that there's nothing wrong with his brain. He has no growths. Uh, there is uh, he has no illnesses and he's absolutely fit and healthy. One year later, he got a scan of the same brain and he showed his brain scan and his his actual growth in the tumour in his brain had gone. And why am I telling you this? Going back to the positive thinking. <laughs> if you are bringing positivity into your mind and your soul, then you're going to create positivity in your whole life. It's like a ripple effect. When you bring compassion, love, joy and happiness and personal fulfilment into your life, then your life is going to be much, much better. After those three days of irritation, but recognizing that I was fucking irritated and turning it around and sending and love, sending kindness and compassion to all those people around me. I was getting hugs from my mum and high fives from my mum and things like, you know, uh, thanks so much for taking me to that crappy couple show my show. And I know you didn't want, want to go, but I really appreciate it. And that's what she said to me. And I was like, wow. And then all that love, uh, I love that I got from all those people at the arena. Uh, and this was after my whole irritation thing and sending love and kindness. But that kind of came back to me tenfold. Do you know what I'm saying? So <laughs> the Shane situation, I turned around. I was like, Shane, this, 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 this. And we ended up hugging and kissing each other. And it was all good in the hood. But and this is basically what this Dr. Mohit Gupta was saying. He was saying, you have the ability to heal yourself is the power of the mind. You have the ability to create your own conscious future. You have the ability to create your own conscious life. If you want happiness and peace and love and fulfillment 
and love and compassion and joy and personal fulfillment in your life and you don't want to be irritated at people and all you want to do is create love and give love and receive love and happiness and joy then that is possible but you have to be that person that is love that is joy that is happiness that is compassion that who is consciously every single second of their life fulfilling their their heart with joy with kindness and creating happiness and it's a matter of choice is what he says because it's a conscious choice that you are making for you to have the life that you want and i've been blown away by him because to be honest with you before i started all this eft stuff um and when i started my my journey of self-healing around seven years ago and there was one point where i was getting much much better all I used to do then, every moment that my brain safe space would allow it, I would say to myself, I am I'm healed, I am cured. I am healed, I am cured. I am healed, I am cured. And around that time, I was doing lots of healthy eating and exercising, walking in the park, consciously making myself go out and things got a lot, a lot better. I think now with my life, I've, I've sat, I feel like I've it's all got kind of muddled up. I feel sometimes like I'm trying too hard. Uh, which I was saying to my Punjabi shrink. I, sh- I was showing her my pile of books. I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen books to my left. And I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine journals to my right. All the journals are for me to write my affirmations, my my gratitude and, and, and write what I want in my life and stuff like that. Do I do it? I, I don't do it. And these books are, are really pissing me off <laughs> that they're there and I, they should be helping me and I should be reading them and I should be abiding by them and doing whatever they're telling me to do. Do I? Do I? Hell, I don't. I don't. Uh, and because I think I am trying too hard. So I think I've just had a what cognitive shift. Yeah. <laughs> is this the cognitive shift? I think this is what it is. It's when you have the aha moment. So actually right now, live on this podcast, I'm having this, uh, yeah, cognitive shift in my mind <laughs> telling me to stop all this bullshit. I'm, I'm, I'm going to make a conscious effort to, to, to put these books away, which Punjabi Shrinky did tell me like, just put them all away. Next time I see you, which is next week, I want all these books and journals gone. I'm like, okay, I'll do that. Because it's just, it's, I feel like it's pressure. And I, I, I like what um, Dr. Gupta saying. It's the power of the mind. Love, give, be joy, be happiness, be compassionate. And regardless, regardless of the people around you and the negativity that they bring into your life and surround you with and the environment that you live in, let them be. Let them be that negative iron. Let them carry on. It's not your job to change them. And that is what last week perplexed me when um, I was really, really, really like, oh, my God, what if this happens? What if that happens? This is going to happen. This is going to happen. My life, this, 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 this. What did I do? I literally turned into a tornado and started obliterating everything around me. But I think the biggest, biggest factor in all of that is when I got irritated at my shrinky friend that should never have happened and that blew my mind that you know what what the fuck are you doing this woman's saved your life and she's always there for you and you've got irritated at her 
And it wasn't something that she said out of the ordinary because we have these sarcastic conversations all the time. And I take her humour all the time and she takes my pathetic humour all the time because I'm always deliberately winding the woman up. But she knows that I'm doing that. And I know that she's always winding me up because she knows that she can do that with me. And for us two, it's, it's a laugh. And I think that's part of our banter. And that's our relationship and friendship that we have as kind of practitioner, shrink and friend. I do know that she has a fine line and some she does hold back and she does kind of have these kind of what do they call it? Balance things where she tries to keep away from me because she doesn't want to get too friendly with me. I get all that shit because it, there is sometimes a fine line. But for me, she's my friend um, and she is a practitioner and she's befriending a client. So she's sometimes I feel sometimes she's just, just got to be really careful. But like I said, for me, I'm all in when it, I kind of I'm in there with someone I'm like, right, I'm all in with you. So I'll just be my authentic self. And I'm not saying she's not being authentic. But I can sometimes feel like she's very busy. But I also do feel like uh, she'll kind of, yeah, create these boundaries between myself and her. And, you know, maybe that's just my sort and maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But that's what my heart feels. But regardless of all that, we have a fabulous uh, relationship, fantastic friendship. And you know that I've always um, sung her praises because of everything that she does for me and she she will continue to do. No pressure, Shrinky, just in case she's listening. But no, there is no pressure for her to be there for me always. And I know that, you know, she's never always going to be there. You know, people come and go in your life and I can't always rely on her to give me a a, a weekly. How are you? <laughs> the how are you might stop, you know, but that's OK because she served her purpose and uh, it would have been time for me to move on if that happens maybe not maybe she'll be a friend for life and she'll be there to bury me with the day i die maybe she'll be there forever and ever and i'll be there for the day she dies who freaking knows we don't know what's going to happen in life we can only live in the moment but yeah that was an eye-opener for me um and uh, since then i'm i'm very aware of right so you you're acting shitty now what's going on go and sit down and meditate or think about what's going on <laughs> and even when i'm in happy moments i'm like right you know the whole thing that happened at the adnan sami concert missy d was out there in full force she was giving big hugs and kisses by everyone and like pats on the back what's going on it's because missy you you manifested that you are loving kindness you are a, a, a nice person you do want this and the universe is telling you hey this is what it's going to be like do you want it of course I fucking want it. Of course I want to go back on stages. Of course I want to get back on radio. Of course I want to have a podcast that is listened to by millions of people across the world. Of course I'm going to take Shrinky with me. Do you know what I'm saying? So um, on both ways, whether the positive or the negative, I'm just a lot, lot more aware of what's going on. So I thought I'd share that with you. This has been a bit of a hodgepodge today podcast. <laughs> I normally name it after. So I don't know, you'll see the name when you when you you listen to this podcast uh it's gone over so thank you again for listening gosh still blown away by Adnan Sami I did ask him to marry me be his second wife and uh, people have messaged me back millions of times going Missy you know he's like on his third or fourth wife I wouldn't go there if I were you <laughs> his his daughter and his mum and his wife were there on the night and uh wife's very very pretty very slim silly cow <laughs> And look, oh, the daughter's adorable. So, yeah. So I'm still kind of buzzing from Adnan Sami. 
I'm going to have a bit of a busy week this week. My neighbour is getting married. So tomorrow we're going to quite a few functions and it's a wedding on Saturday. Next week, next week, am I bringing you double trouble? I think I am bringing you double trouble. So, yeah, you'll get to see or and hear your favourite Raj Dami. Uh, she's loving it, as you know. So take care. Be good. And just honestly, just just remember, and I know I get on my soapbox and I know what I call a passion. Passion is giving someone a lecture. But truly, if you want your life to change and if you want to heal yourself, according to this Dr. Gupta, and, um, according to me, I know you got I've got the power to heal myself. Cornelius tells me I can heal myself. I haven't done Cornelius for two weeks. Long story. But compassion, love, joy, happiness. Don't think, oh, well, that person did this. I'm not going to do this because that person did that. And that person's a bitch and that person's this. And did you hear about so-and-so? Oh, my God. And did you see so-and-so? Stop that shit. Stop talking negative about anyone. Stop thinking negative about anyone. And if you do recognise that you did, and why did you think that? Is it because you're jealous? Is it because you've got a problem with attachment? Is it because... Um, I don't know, you, you don't have any confidence in yourself. There's always a reason why you're going to go down the negative path. Okay. <laughs> like I said, I'm not no guru. I don't intend to be no guru, but it's things that I'm learning. And um, yeah, so conscious choice is what it's about. Your life is all about your conscious choices and how you want it to be. You've got the power. You can make your life exactly how you want it to be but you've got to get into that vibration and it has to be on a daily basis and I'm not one to give you this passion because I don't do it every day I've still got a long way to go but really I don't I say that a lot you know I should stop saying that I haven't got a long way to go I can change my life like that today if I want to I've got to consciously do it and you've got it's like going to the gym if you know you want a six-pack and you want to have muscles Every day, you've got to eat that protein. Every day, you've got to lift that, that weight. Every day, you have to make sure that your carb ratio to your protein ratio, to your sleep, to your water intake has to be perfect. Otherwise, you're never going to get that steel body, are you, with the muscles? Same with your life, with making it the best that it can ever be. You have the power to do that. No one else. Only you, only you, only you, and only you. And it depends what you want, really. So I'm going to go away from this podcast with the mantra. My lungs are healed. My lungs are cured. And I have the best life full of love, full of compassion, full of happiness, full of joy, full of fulfillment. Take care. I'll catch you next time. D.